I do. And I don't. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to another episode of I Do and I Don't podcast show on a Monday. It's my favorite thing to do. Listen to the show on a Monday or? <laughs> no, no, actually like make the show. Make the show. Make the show. I love, the show. I love these afternoons here in this beautiful studio, mm. looking over the Niagara River and the ravine. Well, the trees. All but the trees. P.S. Um, I have the windows, the window open and the patio door. So you may hear some cicadas buzzing. Yeah. Welcome to August in Ontario. Mm-hmm. And I like sitting here for... However many hours. Hours upon hours upon hours. <laughs> talking by my math, it sure is. Anyway, <laughs> talking, just talking. I love talking with you, Joel. Mm. I feel like. Do you love just talking, Cat? <laughs> <laughs> I know at least one person who would say yes to that. I love talking at you, Joel. Who else would? <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Um, I feel like I do a lot of the talking. You do. So it's a pot calling the kettle black if I were to say that you talk a lot. I definitely um, talk a lot, though. To be honest, to be fair, I should say. Um, this podcast would be nothing if neither of us really talked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be bored as shit right now. You'd be sitting with a lot of dead air. What is it that we talk about here at this podcast, Joel? You know what? We give marriage advice to people, Kat. And not only that, but you have now shoehorned sex and relationship advice, dating, children. Well, children were, we already did children because of the, they could be within the marriage thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, we give advice to all Types of relationships, people with issues, intimate they, relationships. We yeah. we advise people about intimate relationships. Should we add into? We should just that should be the thing. We do intimate relationship advice. Yeah. So people send us emails, believe it or not, mm-hmm. and sometimes DMs, and sometimes they just comment on the thing where you're asking for Absolutely. questions. Absolutely, just post it on my Facebook. <laughs> and wall. I start reading it and go, I can't read that. I'm not allowed <laughs> because I'm not allowed to see the questions before the podcast. That's right. I'm coming in with like. My hot take. And where do we get off having any take? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to leave that one. Where do we get where off? Where do we get Joel? off? Well, you answer that first. It's separately, first of all, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't get off. We don't each get other. off together with each other or like at across. Least, at least as far as the other knows. We don't what? <laughs> we don't watch each other from across the room and get off separately. We no. don't do that. There's no nope. getting off um, with the other person knowing together. <laughs> There's so many logistics there that my brain just tried to filter through. It was like a Rolodex in my head. Yeah. So what are the options? Um, but yes, we do get off on giving the way. The reason is, Kat, because we both have varying degrees of um, experience and knowledge and um, interest in relationships. I thought you were going to say in talking. In talking? <laughs> yeah. Basic relationship. Talking. That made no sense. We you should edit. <laughs> you should edit that chunk out. <laughs> nope, that stays. Um, <laughs> it wasn't even a sentence. It's like I sound like an idiot like 20 <laughs> times during an episode. They're all gone. You sound like an idiot once. It's in there. Forever. Um, we're talking about our experience. You um, have been married. I have been married, You've yes. been in a thruple. A thruple. That's right. I was in a polyamorous relationship for 10 years. You've got a kid. I have, a, I have three kids, technically. You've got three kids. I've got three kids. I uh, I'm also a wedding officiant, so I and a wedding officiant. Spent a lot of pe- time marrying people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's getting back on track. I saw on the internet. Yes, it is because of you know COVID. Everything slowed down in the way of matri- holy matrimony, um, or not so holy matrimony. 
<laughs> it's holy. Is it? In a secular sense. Okay. I don't know how that works. <laughs> it's W-H-O-L-L-Y. Yeah, it's it's, it's holy just a married. holy marriage. They're it's, holy married. They are holy getting married. Yeah. Um, and then I have no experience whatsoever. So what's the first question for us, Kat? Okay. My husband grew up in a household where there was a lot of yelling and physical punishment when someone did something wrong or pushed one of the parents beyond the limit. Now when we fight, he can get really loud and aggressive, not physically. Mm. He says this is just his way of expressing his frustration and describes it as being passionate. He also says he needs to get his frustrations out and that being real in the moment is the best way to do it. I know he struggles to express and articulate his feelings, but the yelling and swearing makes me really uncomfortable. How can I make it clear that this behavior isn't okay with me? It will, first of all, should this behavior be okay with anyone? I think that there are healthier ways to communicate during conflict. Like we're ye- like yelling and screaming. So this guy's yelling and screaming at this at his wife. It sounds like there's yelling, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was what was said in the question. <laughs> He's yelling and screaming at his wife and then he said he kind of excuses it. Yeah. He's like, "No, it's fine. I'm it, like I it's kind of a I need I need to do this. It's kind of par for the course with me because mm-hmm. of I how am. I was raised. This is, this is what I need to do. And what, like, I mean, he doesn't say it, but should she be grateful <laughs> that he's that she's not that he's yelling hit? and screaming and and that he's still communicating? Or yeah, I don't I don't know about that one. I I am one of those people who's very sensitive to people yelling at me, right? Uh, and not because it scares me necessarily, but because it makes me incredibly aggressive. <laughs> so I get you'd like, kind of become that badger in the hole. Yeah, hundred like, percent. I'm gonna yeah. lash out as well. Yeah, and then like I can't even hear the person anymore because I'm trying so hard not to lose my own shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, it, once it gets to a certain point, it does actually become a bit fear-inducing, especially if they can't rein it back in because you're seeing them lose control and you're wondering how much further it's going to go. Right. And th- that's just escalation. I mean, if one exactly, person is yeah. yelling and any kind of yelling, it, uh, things can so easily just escalate. It's escalate, true. Escalate. It's true. But I would say that this kind of behavior is like 100%. Like, I, I don't know if she needs to approach him and go, hey, for me, this isn't cool. <laughs> for other people, perfectly fine. I can't for speak me, for the rest of the cool. world. Yeah. but I would say that this is like, you know, empirically bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And that you can approach this person and say, hey, you can't talk to someone that way. You can't yell at somebody. And that's not a good way to resolve I, conflict. And I think, I think the best way to do it is to keep it really specific and really personal. You know, like when you raise your voice to me, it makes me feel scared. I feel right. scared. Don't say it makes me because then you're blaming. But right. when you raise your voice like that around me and you're using that kind of language, I feel scared. Right. Or... I start to feel like I have to be more aggressive and then I'm worried that I'm going to lose my temper. Uh, I feel embarrassed that the neighbors can hear us. Right. Just like stay in your feeling, make it really specific, make it very clear how you are feeling in the face of that. You don't think that it's it's valuable to be like, and by and large, this behavior is not on? Like, can we not make those kind of comments in our relationships are, and not in the middle of a fight type of thing, Mm -hmm. but like at a certain point be like, Hey, yeah, I know maybe this is how you were raised, but like, 
it's just poor behavior. Yeah, like, like is there thing, there this are is boundary this setting. Is bad behavior. Yeah, this is boundary setting, right? I, mm-hmm. I think all of us can say that we develop conscious or unconscious behaviors based on the way we were raised. Right. And some of those are really not going to serve us well in intimate relationships. So it is on us to be accountable for those behaviors and how they affect our partners. If we want to be in partnership with a person, we care about them and we love them. And like, it could be anything, you know, like your total reluctance to ever do any housework because your mother did everything for you Mm -hmm. is actually exhausting. We're looking at you Italians. (laughs) Again with the Italians, (laughs) eh? Um, But I, I think it's up to us to understand how our behavior affects our partner. And if we care about them and want to build a life together with them, we have to take the onus on ourselves to change and expand beyond the things that we've learned. Absolutely. And I I had this uh, ex-girlfriend one time who had kind of this type of behavior just would go off on like just lose themselves. Mm -hmm. And it was a normal thing in their uh, in their family, like their dad had that kind of behavior and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, this is, this definitely isn't working for me, but you know, and there's, there's a point where I, it will, I will have to walk away, you know, but do yourself a favor and try to curb this behavior, not for me exclusively, but for you and for any future relationship, because you might find somebody that's going to put up with that and that's going to probably like it's going to work in the way that they like they want to fight too. Mm-hmm. So both of you are just going to fight with each other and that's going to be the way things go. It's not going to be a good thing. No. It's not like it's working. No, it's not working. Yeah. You guys are just destroying each other slowly. Yeah, it's just you know really I mean? loud. <laughs> yeah. It's just a bad bad situation. Eventually someone's going to throw something or put a hole in the wall. Right. So you know, curb that behavior, not, and again, I said, not for me, just do it for you. And, uh, unfortunately I think she started working on that after the, uh, breakup, but, um, uh, catalyst, (laughs) welcome to the world. I, I, I'm the same. I'm the same often in relationships where you push somebody into that. Like you got to heal this way. You got to work on this thing. Well, goodbye. And then they get better. I think, yeah, yeah. Straight up. I think I maybe push the buttons so that they're very aware of the relation, the relational issue that is coming right. up. Um, and then, yeah, it doesn't get repaired in the relationship I'm in, but somewhere down the road it does. Congratulations. Or you're like a nurse. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've left the emergency room, never going to see you again, but at least you've got the stitches um, and you got the PTSD. Um, <laughs> Yay. Love it. But there's something else I noticed with this cat. Mm. And it's something that I've noticed before. And that's this idea that, like, he is presenting this idea of needing to do something. Yeah, I need to I need, I need to, to yell. yell I need to, to yell in your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I, that's how I communicate. That's how I get this, this uh, what I'm feeling out. This is how I'm being real. So it's kind of like, you know, yeah, you might call this bad behavior, but look at the value of it. Look at the good that's coming out of it. I'm I'm gonna. This is a weird word. Nobilize my bad behavior. I think I made that word up. That's not mobilize. It's nobilize. Nobilize. I'm making it noble. Yes. I'm taking this poor, like really poor behavior, and I'm painting it in such a way where you got to go. Oh well, maybe that's a good thing. Mm. As if there's not another alternative. I think this, like, uh, that's people 
self-identifying and then just being, being stuck in that phase of the evolution. Like, it's just like, I, this is me. This is why I'm, I do this. Yeah. Period. The and, end. The, and I'm going to do it. Yeah. No, there should be like, this is why I do this, comma, as I understand where this behavior comes from, it will enable me to change it and choose something different. Yeah. Like, I know this is wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe but, start there. But the I know this is wrong piece doesn't actually happen for a lot of people. Like, that, this that's is, the this, hard part. This should be, it's more like this. This should be okay yeah. because it gets me there. Yeah. And, you know, we've, and this is the thing that like you've heard since you were bo- a baby. The end doesn't, doesn't justify the means. Totally. We like, that's not a, that's a phrase. That's such a cliche, but that's a real, the end just does not justify the means. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, he was real. That's fair. He was real. He screamed in your face. You know, that's not, you can't nobleize bad behavior. Bad behavior is bad behavior, full stop. Yeah. You know, if someone's like, no, I, 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 yeah, I do smoke cigarettes, but, you know, I do it because I get really stressed and I need it to calm me down. And then I feel so much better after. And I know it's, you know, destroying my body slowly or fast. It depends on how many, but you know what I mean? The cigarette smoking is bad. Yeah. It's still bad. Doesn't matter what value it brings, it's bad. Mm-hmm. So can we find another way? You know? I and then that's the desire piece, right? Like there is a difference between hearing someone tell you, when you scream at me, I feel scared and I feel disconnected from you. Right. There's a difference between hearing that and feeling that, feeling how that might feel. Like the empathy like piece, yeah. yeah. The empathy piece is really important here because you can hear your partner telling you things about the way your behaviors are affecting the relationship. Right. Uh, but in order to really be able to want to change, you have to like understand the impact of that behavior on and, someone and, else. And I feel like you, like the, it's horrible. To, you have to care. Yeah. You have to care about this other person. You have to go. Oh wow, um, this already unhealthy behavior that I'm saying I need Mm -hmm. to express myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm making it like something for me like that. And and to, to look at it just as your own thing, incredibly selfish. Yeah. Right. And then someone else says, no, no, but it's like ripping me apart here. Yeah. (laughs) I can't communicate with you. I'm scared of you. I'm going to, I'm going to react like this is bad. You, I'm, I'm suffering here and it's killing us in a sense, you know, to go like, yeah, but I need it. Yeah. And I think it's not quite that simple though, right? Well, it, is, it isn't, but at the same time, Cause like, it, take a step back and think for a second. Yeah. And that's, that's a thing that lots of people just don't know how to do, myself included. Like that step back is... In the moment, Kat, but you're, are you not reasonable like down the line? You're like, oh wait. Yeah, I get there eventually. But yeah. I know I can probably tell you that anyone I've ever been in a relationship with wishes that I could get there faster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I think what's... And I can only speak from my own experience. The part that's so hard about that is that to say, like, I have done or I have behaved in a really inauthentic way. It's not truly who I am. Mm-hmm. It's hurt you. Uh, at first, owning that and accepting that created so much shame 
Mm. That it was hard to sit in that feeling and just be okay with knowing that. That's such an amazing, like the ego and pride and saving face and all those things are like, they're going to be such a hurdle for anyone. But it can be also very self-protective too. It's all of those things that you just said, but there's also a self-protection piece. Like I grew up in a household where, you know, I had a very stern grandmother who was one of my parents who raised me Mm -hmm. Uh, and have a very complex and difficult relationship with that person. Um, And if I did something wrong, love was removed completely. Like there's no physical affection. It was just like stern, bad, you did it, you did wrong. So now to accept and admit that I've done something wrong still creates like almost like an unconscious fear in me that I'm going to be rejected and that I am terrible because I've made a mistake. And, you know, I hold all of my partners to that same standard too. There's like this unrelenting need to be self-righteous and superior. and That's horrible. I hate that. It's exhausting. But that's bad behavior. It is bad behavior. But I'm now in a place where I can accept that I do make mistakes and that part of my desire to expand as a human means owning that behavior and trying to move through it and shift it into something more positive. But many people are not in that place yet. Mm -hmm. And if you were to say, well, this is how I was raised and I need to hold on to that I don't want to is this can we call it self-righteousness in a yeah, sense sure. as a protective tool mm-hmm. um that is nobilizing that behavior yeah so just deal with it if that was my <laughs> approach for sure and I have had relationships fail for very much those that, reasons that reason. yeah interesting yeah there's no space for you to be a human being uh and there are I mean I'm sure we'll delve into this at some point in the very near future but <laughs> There are a lot of other complexities that happen within that. But I think in order to arrive at a place where we can change those destructive behaviors, there has to be a willingness to be vulnerable and to accept that uh, our actions create actual pain for the people we care about. Mm. And we have to deeply try to be empathetic to that pain. Boy, this is, we really like, this question really brought out a lot. Um, what was the last part of this question? I don't, I don't know if we answered. I think we've really spoken to the question, but is there a, there's a last piece where she wants us to... Uh, How can I make it clear that this behavior isn't okay with me? Well, maybe we've given a lot of like talking points. Yeah, we so have. So I, I feel like we've answered the question through that. So this is a heavy first question, Kat. <laughs> I know, Joel. Seriously. Crazy for a Monday, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and I think like bottom line, just stay in how it makes you feel. Yeah. Without blaming. Well, and that's, I think that's a rule that I keep on seeing cropping up. People have been asking me, what's the most, what's the best piece of advice you've given or what's the thing? And usually the answer that I give is you got to be brutally honest about everything from day one Mm -hmm. and don't, not to say don't compromise, but kind of don't compromise. You know what I'm talking about when we were saying like, you end up regretting it and not following through on your compromises when you get busy or whatever. Um, but now it really feels like approach communication from your perspective and express yourself. Yes. Don't lay things on the other person. That's right. And it's okay to want something from another person, but express what you, like how you want to give or how you, like how things make you feel. Mm -hmm. Like that, that is a huge piece of advice that keeps cropping up. 
Yeah. And you know, um, one of the things I'm working on personally right now is really understanding codependency because codependency has destroyed every relationship I've been in. I can tell mm. you that. And this is almost like an entire episode we should do, I think. Just on code. And we, we tried to talk about it with popsicles. Yeah. But maybe we need to re, re-explore that. Uh, yeah. Because the moment point. you're looking at your partner and you're saying, you did this and you did that, you're giving them all the power to have. Oh, yeah. That's another good point. Complete control over your experience. Yeah. Instead, if you come from a place where you say, you know, when this happens, I feel like this. Mm. And I don't want to feel like this. And if right. I'm in a relationship, that's not how I, I desire to feel. Yeah. You have all your power back. Yeah. So you are presenting what you need. And if they are not rising to that or not even trying to rise to that. You can work you with can that. Yeah. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere else. Yeah. That, that, you're absolutely right. The power, dy- like, I mean, it's not even a power dynamic. It's just like a, a individual, like you own your own piece. Yes. You own your own person. Yeah. And you're expressing that person to another person and see what they want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they can express themselves. Yeah. And, you know, a really important thing to say too is that this kind of change does not happen overnight. A lot of times these behaviors are like deeply ingrained. We all have patterns that we've mm-hmm. been realizing over and over again since we were tiny. So change is fueled by the desire to change and everyone has a different pace. And I think, you know, each person has to be accountable for knowing how patient and how willing they are and how much space they can hold for their partner's growth. Right. Right. And I'll just add one other thing. If you watch movies, where does it always fall apart? You're always yelling at the screen going, just say this. Yes. Just say this to them. But the writers are so clever to just not have them communicate that one little thing. And <laughs> you know nugget. what it is. is either the pride of the person or they don't want them to know they're sick or whatever it is. Just say that. Just express yourself. In life, express yourself. Don't leave it hanging. Yeah. And that's all you can do. But yeah. people are so busy to be like, what do you think about it? And the other person's like, I don't know what they think about it, so I'm not going to say what I think about it. It's just like, just say your just thing. Just be clear. And you're going you're gonna to love this because I know you like when I talk like this. But I think when we hold things in from our partners, we don't, and they're affecting us. So like if we're having an emotional response to something and we're feeling it and we're not articulating it to our partner, I think in many cases, the other person can feel that in some mm. way, shape or form. There's either like tension in the room that they can detect or depending on the depth of your connection, they can really feel a shift like happen. So if it's not being articulated, it's still existing within the relationship and it's right. creating tension yeah. that doesn't need to be there and space between the two of you that yeah. maybe you don't want to have. So just put it on the table communicate all right question number two (laughs) that got my ernie laugh (laughs) i'm in a very happy and healthy relationship however i've always struggled with insecurities i've managed them pretty well and he's always been amazing about being reassuring to me when i have momentary blips but with everything going on and my mental health taking hit after hit i find myself needing more and more reassurance He's never complained, but now I'm starting to develop a new insecurity about being too insecure. Ah, <laughs> at least this person has a sense of humor. I love it. I do compounding a, interest. Compounding interest. I do a lot of self-care and we've been and we've talked about this some and he says it's fine, but for me it's not fine. How can I break this cycle? It's so I don't want to like drive the these insecure these doubled insecurities home. 
But, um, man, I'm trying to think who, like, I've had people in my life that I've spoken to who, you know, they approach you with a, they, they want to talk about something, you know, and they're like, you know what, I, I just, I don't want to bother you with this. I just want to, I just want to say that. And if, you know what, if I'm saying too much about it, if I'm talking too much about it, if I'm going too, too long or I'm, I'm just getting way too convoluted, just let me know because I just, I don't want to bother you, but I just really want to like uh, let you know this thing. Or I'm talking about this. Oh, thanks for listening because I find it. And it's just like, I don't need that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need all the preamble. That's exhausting. Yeah. That's what's tiring me out. The thing that you actually want to talk about, which yeah, is you know, you're going like the, the person I'm thinking about it goes down rabbit holes and it's all over the map and it's kind of crazy, but it's fun just to like kind of like what's going on here. Um, but it's like that stuff is I'm okay with it. Don't apologize for 20 minutes, you know, over this thing. So I would say that is a very real problem. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> to be like, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I, I need reassurance, but I'm sorry that I need reassurance. But, but it's just like, don't be sorry. You're beautiful. Don't be sorry. You're mm-hmm. be- like, how can I, just tell me what like you need or let me, you know. Um, but how does she break that cycle? That is a tough one. I think it's hard to have like one solution that's going to work all the time because Sometimes insecurity is fed by hormonal fluctuation. Mm. Uh, sometimes insecurity is a byproduct of general anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. Sometimes insecurity is because you have trust issues. Like there's so many different reasons and to- so many different insecurities that can come up in a relationship. But I think um, one of the things that my own super awesome therapist has had me do when I start to get anxious or feel like I can't find my footing in context of the dynamic with someone else is to sit with it. Don't talk about it. Sit in it. Just hang on to it. Hang on to it. Hang on to it and look at it. Like don't try to put it in a drawer. Just hold it. Hold it like a little bird in your hand mm-hmm. and say, okay, here you are. I, I, know you, I know this feeling. Here you are. What's happening right now? Where am I feeling this in my body? Yeah. Like how does this physically feel? What are the thoughts that are in my head right now? How am I talking to myself through this? And then look at what you can shift, right? So let's, I don't know, let's say the insecurity is that I've gained like five pounds since COVID started and I'm Mm -hmm. feeling it and I can't fit into any of my clothes, just hypothetically Mm -hmm. speaking. (laughs) Five, eh? (laughs) Five-ish. I don't weigh myself, but yeah. Based on how these pants feel today, I'm thinking it's about five. You know what? I weigh, not to derail this, but I weighed myself (laughs) when I was like, uh, I don't know, years ago. I was like 160 pounds. I weighed myself recently. I'm like 180 something pounds. Mm-hmm. I was just like, huh, that's a lot <laughs> more weight. But it's not like oh, I, look at that. <laughs> I weighed myself when I was like 21. Like I do not weigh myself. Right. I can't remember the last time, but I know I was like 160. Now I'm like 180. Huh. Is this normal? Like, I don't know. I don't care. But anyway, so you're, <laughs> you're uh, um, hypothetically, hypothetically five tiny pounds heavier yeah or whatever the number is and like you're feeling self-conscious about it and you're wondering if you know maybe it's affecting the way your partner's attracted to you and like you know why 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 don't you look the way you looked 10 years ago or whatever whatever hamster wheel situation is happening in your brain so i mean why have you gained five extra pounds are you under an extremely crazy amount of stress yes probably if you've lived through the last several months Mm. um what do you have power over right now? 
Mm-hmm. You know, can you modify your daily routine so that there's more opportunity in there for some self-care or intentional food choices or physical activity? Right. You know, like sit with it before you bring it to someone else for as yeah. long as you can. And it's amazing how much the narrative can shift even just in a matter of hours. So I would try that. Is there something um, to be said about um, like heavily relying on another person and, and maybe that not being the most healthy codependency thing. here it is again <laughs> that's that there's 100%, that word again a hundred percent and so like without this person getting specific about their insecurities mm-hmm. you know like i'm assuming that they're going for reassurance because there's things like you know are you going to be faithful to me do you find me attractive do you think I, whatever do you think i'm a right. good mom who knows what the, what the situation is but um part of codependency is constantly needing outside validation Right? Either because you're in a role in a relationship where you're giving so much care that you're suddenly important and valued, mm. or that you need to have someone else reflect back your own self-worth constantly. Right. And that is a cycle worth breaking, That's, I would say. I sat with someone one time who was um, really upset over this very like this it seems like this exact thing it was it was a lack of validation from their husband Mm -hmm. and um and she also had insecurities which um stemmed from uh, a religious upbringing where him seeing boobs on tv or on a movie really upset her Oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah. there was that kind of... And that I don't know if the, how uncommon that is. I don't know either. You it know. sounds difficult to deal with, though. Yeah, these days, I mean, you... Like, people are just like, oh, what porn are you watching? You know, like, you talk... But there's a world in which people would be, like, horrified that their partner watches porn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a world that people are like, fast forward the boobs on you know, as good as it gets, you know, there's right. like Helen Hunt's breasts for five seconds. Right. So that was, this was the latter. And, um, you know, I was sort of saying, you know, you can't, you can't rely so heavily on this other person mm-hmm. for your self-worth. Yes. And for your, that kind of validation you have to learn and find a way to feel good about yourself Absolutely. by yourself. And this is so true. Like if you, if you know you are a reasonably attractive person, for example, or if you know you're really intelligent or very good at your job or you're really kind and loving or this fun to like, be around. You're just mentioning everything I'm good at. <laughs> it's true, Joel. <laughs> These are all me. It's all Joel. Good looking. If you're like Joel... <laughs> If you're like Joel and something happens with your relationship, let's say things don't work out or whatever, you get divorced, you you break up with your partner, mm-hmm. do you suddenly cease to exist as all of those things because that person's gone away and they're not right. there to tell you? You like, know what? The answer is yes. <laughs> I <laughs> no, think people it's do. Not. It isn't, but people but feel people that feel way. People feel that. It's true. And that, that's a great argument for while you're in the relationship, be that powerful person ex- like beyond the relationship. Mm-hmm. So when it, or if it does end, I'm used to when, but if. If, if it does end, yeah, you, you will, you'll, and it doesn't, it's not like I'm a great, you know, everybody gets their back up and t- but it's like, no, no, I'll be okay. And, and that's because I am okay. Generally, mm-hmm. I mean, you'll be sad. You'll miss the other person. Those are real feelings. But the idea that your, your self-worth wasn't tied to that person. Yeah. And this is so important. Like, I think, 
you know, all of us are insecure. We all have things mm. that we can get hung up about. And boy, can you can you just be fed by another person? Absolutely, and, and it just feels so good. It, it totally does. And there is a there's a line, and this is another big thing I'm working on right now. There's a line between needing attention and uh, you know affection and romance from a partner. Because it feels nice, you know, it's mm-hmm. fun, it turns yeah. you on, right? Yeah. Like, and maybe you're a romantic person, you like that expressed that way. There's a difference between love languages and codependency. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you you don't want someone to have to fertilize you constantly. You know what I mean? Like you, no. you've got to figure out how to do that on your own. Because then when you do, if you do have an insecure moment, you have the tools to work through that. You don't have to take it to anybody else. You can go for a walk. You can do something that makes you feel strong or beautiful or whatever it is that you're lacking in that moment. If you can provide that for yourself, you're never going to annoy anyone else because you're going to be able to just take yeah. care of it. And, and And just so you know, and this is what I told that other person, that makes you so attractive. Absolutely. You you'll, you want to be attractive to your husband? Yeah. Don't need that validation. And and that's, you know, it's it's so simple to say it, you know. And it's not that you don't love hearing that from another person. Mm-hmm. Of course you love hearing that from another. We all love that. I I I want to hear from strangers sometimes. <laughs> like Absolutely, we love yes. like validation is wonderful. But to just be like, I'm feeling hollow because I haven't heard somebody tell me, you know, that I have a good singing voice for 20 minutes, you know, like that it doesn't work. And I think there's a parallel to Joel, the thing we... Uh, you have a beautiful singing voice. <laughs> I, I just got to run to the washroom for five minutes. <laughs> I mean, 25 minutes. Um, <laughs> but... Um, there's a parallel between. There's a parallel between from that last question. And that is the idea of... Um, you putting yourself out there. So right now you're asking for something from mm-hmm. your husband. Is it husband, boyfriend, doesn't matter. You're asking for something from this person. I need validation. Give me this. I need that. Give me it. I need can you what about you figure out your thing? But what are you what are you giving? Mm-hmm. Are you validating him? Are you like are you presenting this energy and idea into the relationship or are you just sitting there needing to take needing 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 well i don't know as a as a person who needs a lot of validation or has done at least up until present because <laughs> i'm evolving. trying try i really am i'm trying um i think that people who are like that are often very demonstrative in their affections and attentions because mm-hmm. that's what they want to have reciprocated. Right. So it's not usually an issue, but I, I'm sure in some instances it is. They're just like sucking the life. Sure. And, and I'm what, it, like a part of that is the idea that you feel better when you are giving, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? For sure. So if you're sitting there wallowing in, in, oh, need this i need this. if you just express things and you you love another person and you give that stuff that sometimes can combat that you know draining desire for things and can i tell you something that feels really good please like if you have um a partner who will give you a compliment even if it's not a flowery and romantic compliment or, or you know, a gesture of romance, if you have a partner who's going to express genuine appreciation for you mm. in moments that are authentic to them, 
it feels so much better than someone who's just doing it because they're trying to get in your pants or because that's what they're supposed to do or that's because what you've demanded that day, you know? Like, there's a huge difference in those two things. I think in my words of affirmation, love language, I, like, it's hard for me sometimes to give fake, meaningless Mm-hmm. compliments or things you know what I mean I mean I can be uh certainly superficial in my compliments like you've got a great ass you know what I mean like I can do that I I'm do very have a great ha- ass Joel you're right <laughs> I'm very happy to do that but um I also really want to like I, I like to give real good I want to I want to say the word feedback it's <laughs> it sounds uh, a little bit um tech not technical but like but, you know, just like real real world, like, I really appreciate this thing. Mm-hmm. Or you're great at this. It's not even that I appreciate. It's like, I've noticed this about you. This is fantastic. Yeah. You're actually this amazing person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that, but that, and like you say, that, that's more valuable. And I've, I've always thought that, like, I'm like, oh, that, this is, I want to give something meaningful that way mm-hmm. instead of just like, uh, you're, you're, you're cute. I mean, that's good too, but... It is good, but it's not I'm, as good as like, I am so grateful for the way that you blah, 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 you know, yeah. like whatever that thing is. And here's a here's a thing too that you taught me kind of in a roundabout way, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're feeling insecure about how your partner feels towards you, you have to challenge yourself to stop looking at the relationship through your own lens and through your own love languages mm-hmm. and start looking at the way they're behaving towards you based on how they express love and receive love. Right. Um, like if they're a person who is more like acts of service right. and they've been doing all these things to, you know, make sure the path is smooth or build wealth or like help you out in ways, mm-hmm. you know, even inviting you to do things like gardening. I think we talked about that in a previous yeah. episode. That's them telling you how valuable you are. And you have to be able to tune your frequency to theirs in as much as you want them to tune into yours. Right. I mean, that's, and I think that that is, I don't think I've ever read the book, The Five Love Languages. (laughs) We don't need to now. (laughs) We don't need to. But I think that that is a a pivotal part of that book. Yeah. Where you you really, like, if you're going to study this, you can try to find someone that 100% matches those love languages. But if you don't have that, I bet you in a relationship like that, it would ultimately not work out. Yeah, I wonder. Because I think sometimes the people in our lives give us what we need and it's more effective than giving us what we want. Yeah, I mean, this is like Rolling Stones 101. (laughs) (laughs) Um, By the way, Kat, I think you're really nailing it this week. Thank you. I had a, I had a very revelatory vacation last week. Wow. Yeah. You go away more often because, because <laughs> <laughs> it's nice when you're gone, but also <laughs> like, uh, we're getting a lot of, I think we're, we're giving really good advice and a lot of it's coming from this, that end. Oh, shucks. See, so see uh, what he did there. That was a genuine compliment. Can we ruin this with uh, question number three? <laughs> uh, yeah, we might be able to. All right. Good. I think, I think we might smash this one into the ground. <laughs> My partner and I live together and have an otherwise excellent relationship, but lately we've hit a sexual dry spell that we've attributed to COVID and quarantine. How do we get out of this slump? 
how many of these types of questions are we going to have to answer? <laughs> like, how do we get sex back on track? Probably millions. I think this is an yeah, issue for is everybody. Yeah, a very common question. But this is, like, COVID-specific. This is nice because they both have acknowledged, like, it sounds like they're both on the same page. Yeah. They're like, well, I don't want to have sex with you because of COVID. Yeah, and I, I and I, I don't think it's COVID. Like, I don't think they're afraid of contaminating <laughs> no, each other. No, no. But I think that's a good thing to break down. Like, what what's happening? They actually referred to this, because I asked for a little bit more detail. Mm. They referred to this as the COVID slump. So it's a thing. Mm. The COVID slump that I haven't heard of, because I've stopped reading the news. <laughs> I, can't. I don't think the news is going, and uh, couples are reporting the <laughs> well, the COVID news slump. did tell us not to rim each other anymore. Uh, that's that's when I stopped reading it. Was that not it, the government? Frankly. It was the government and reported by yeah. the news. Don't give each other Please rim jobs. Don't. Well, that was my last day of reading the news. <laughs> Forget it. I have to do that. There's no reason for me I to I got to get here. my tongue on the little cute butthole. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, is it familiarity breeds contempt light? Is that what's going on, you think? I think so. I think... It's like, ugh. So I have a favorite relationship expert who's famous in the world. She's a psychotherapist named Esther Perel. I was going to guess that, but I forgot her name. <laughs> but like a lot of her wisdom about relationship comes from this notion of being separate together. Mm. And I think this is the secret. Again, codependency, no yeah. more. Um, you got to go to work, see other hot people. <laughs> Well, there is some truth to that, you know, like it's not just about seeing hot people, but it's about being autonomous and having a bit of mystery between the two of you Mm -hmm. where you don't know every single thing, every single moment, every single thought, like there's nothing. What does it do? What does it do, Kat? I think it gives us more to be excited about discovering. It's like we, we love, I love comfort. Like I'm not somebody like, I mean, I don't know if, if, uh there's something that I just haven't noticed in myself or like if I think about it, but like, I don't know if I care that much for mystery. Like, I feel like I'd like to figure out the ins and outs of everyone. So I know where I am. Well, that's a control thing maybe though. No, I I don't know if it's a control. (laughs) It's just like maybe controlling of my own sort of environment. But if you had a partner who was with you all the time and like didn't have their own interests. No, I'm not interested in that. Yeah. See, and this is it. Like I'm I'm, I'm trying to get to why, like what is the psychology of that? And I know we're not going to be, we're just going to be spitballing this. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Because we have no business. We do not know. Weighing in on psychology (laughs) in any capacity. But. We can spitball it, and and yeah. for me, and I could be again, could be wrong, could just not be very um, like self aware, but I just don't like mystery. For some, sure, but for me, I don't feel like that's what I want. Is it that they need to go away so that I can like forget what they look like, so when they return, I can be like, oh yeah, I'm into that. Because <laughs> if you're just there all the time, is it a desensitization? It could be, yeah, for sure. Is it is it just like, um, yeah, I'm just so used to seeing you all the time? But I think we need an opportunity to cul- to cultivate our own interior landscape and our own interests as well beyond the relationship. Is it also like, yeah, like you know, when if I'm here all the time, it's like we we have no stories that the other person doesn't know. But if I go out and I can come back and be like, can you believe this? I think it's all of these things. There's something to share. I think there's all, it's all of these things. Because if the energy is maintained on each side and everyone is like invested in their own interests, plus committed to the relationship, mm-hmm. there's a lot more that is brought in to explore and 
disseminate and mm, disseminate. Disseminate. So what do we do? I can think of an idea. Mm-hmm. I can think of two ideas. Okay. All right. Uh, my first idea is to just like up the ante. Okay. You're you're there. You're doing. And I know this is going to be hard because you're in the slump. Mm-hmm. But to get out of the slump, you might need to kind of push through in a in a actually smash your way through this. So the way that would work is like let's say, you know, one moment he's look this guy's looking out the window and all of a sudden you're out there gardening nude, completely naked. <laughs> well, I've never seen that before. You know what I mean? Like do things that are just like this is unusual and it involves sexy things like nudity, which is one of my favorite things. So, um is that a good idea to like just do things as a like, oh, what, what, what's, oh, okay. Spontaneous, slightly erotic things. Mm-hmm. I, I would say so. That's for a sure. fun, that could be a fun way. It could be, absolutely. Like just push yourself out of your comfort zone to some extent or whatever lethargy you're feeling. Yeah. Um, I wonder, you know, like now that things are opening up a bit more, maybe there's opportunities for each of you to take some space and time. Even if you're still working from home, like go out for a little while. That was going to be my second suggestion. Yeah. Go away. Go, go and spend some time on your own every day. Take a little bit of alone time by yourself. Go for a walk, Mm -hmm. go run errands, you know, get away from each other for a bit. Go get, get get lost in a book Mm -hmm. somewhere where you can't find each other. And then you know, you'll maybe miss each other a little bit. And then yeah. you'll be like, oh my goodness, I just read this book, this chapter that's about that. And then next thing you know, you're making out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. If, if anything, to get you to shut up about the boring book you're reading. You could write down sex prompts also, mm-hmm. like make a, list, make a list of sex acts and activities and like cut them up and fold them up and put them in a cookie jar and just like randomly select. And then you got to do it. If everybody's like mm-hmm. wanting to get the train back on, Track. You just got to do you it. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. Yeah. And like within reason, obviously, things that are not Yeah, gonna... like if you don't have those Japanese ropes that Kat <laughs> desperately wants to do all the time, not you know, all the don't time. write that down and put it in the thing because then you won't be able to do it. Shibari night, Sunday. <laughs> it's perfect. Shibari! <laughs> um, yeah, so that would be a suggestion too. I don't think we should discount the emotional effects of the last several months on all of us too. Like, you know, seeing the world change so much in such a tiny window of time is a oh, little man. unsettling to it, be sure. It, does, it doesn't stop being unsettling. No, it doesn't. And the news is still really depressing most yeah. of the time. Uh, today we learned that it might be two to three years where we're yeah. still masked. This is the, this is like, the great. So on Thursday, so we in, in uh, here in Canada... I don't know if we have international listeners or whatever, but we are. We have a bylaw in our area for that you have to wear masks inside, and that started on Friday in public spaces. In public yeah. spaces, um, enclosed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Thursday, I went to, into a dollar store and I didn't wear a mask, and most people weren't wearing masks, and I was. I it was. I was embarrassed because you didn't have a because I didn't have one yeah. on. And it was also felt somewhat disturbing. Yeah, how quickly everyone just adopted. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, and I don't have like an anti-mask attitude or anything right. like that. I'm like, I'm on the page of like, if we got to do this, and if it works or doesn't work, I don't care. Like, if this is, let's try it. Yeah, I'm open to it. Yeah, let's just get through this stupid thing. Yeah. 
um, two to three years feels crazy. It does. It really does. Like, and, and the, this vaccine might not solve everything. Is like, okay? This I don't want to think about it. It, but might, it might have us produce progeny with tails. Like nobody knows <laughs> what's going to happen. Don't know. So that that has a huge effect on us. All yeah. this uncertainty, all this change, all this news of death and disease. Like, mm-hmm. come on. You know, some of us are just boning through it because we don't know if we're going to get another day. (laughs) Like, let's be real about how this is affecting all of us. And I think there's something to be said right now. And I feel like this is one of the big lessons of this time in human history is that really all we have is what is happening right now in this Mm. moment. Like nothing is real beyond you and I right now, Joel. It's actually true. If this is your way of trying to get me to take my pants off. (laughs) It's working. All we have is now, Joel. (laughs) That's it. We don't know what's going to happen. Some of us are just... Boning to get through it. <laughs> Sometimes just the pleasure in the moment without thinking too hard about consequences no is joke. all we need. I'll be in your bed. <laughs> but I, but I, but I, well, we got to end the podcast there. Um, if you need, if you need marriage advice, send us emails to I do and I don't show at gmail.com, Facebook and Instagram. I do and I don't show, but It's true, like, at this point, you don't have a lot going on in your life. You don't have a lot of joy. You don't have a lot of pleasure. Fuck, people. Just enjoy fucking. If you can, like, change your attitude. (laughs) We're in a COVID slump. Fuck each other. It could be a two to three year slump, so. Yeah, fuck each other. Yeah. Without masks on. Enjoy it, because times they are changing. You just have to turn it into part of the routine. No, <laughs> embrace it like it's the like it's like your the dying the- breath. Like the, not not you wouldn't embrace your dying breath, but like treat it like this is your this is what makes you feel alive. This is what you have. Like come on, own those genitals. Use them. Honor your pussy. I, I've, uh, I'm I'm not gonna get into this. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so send us your message uh, questions. There'll be not blah 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 blah. blah. And uh, the last thing I have to say, fuck each other. (laughs) Just fuck each other. (laughs) 